Hello and welcome back to the NHS Project Futures monthly podcast. I'm Mike Gray, Capability and Resourcing Manager in the National Corporate Portfolio Office at Health Education England. Today, you're going to hear to be hearing a conversation between two HE colleagues who will explore a number of insightful topics through a series of short questions that are relevant to everyone in the NHS system. Dr. Navina Evans joined Health Education England on October the 1st, 2020 from East London NHS Foundation Trust, where she'd been chief executive since 2016. Navina has considerable experience of working in multidisciplinary roles across organisational boundaries. She's worked with local authorities, the voluntary sector, acute and community services and in primary care. More recently, she's taken an active role in the development of local integrated care systems. Navina is passionate about staff wellbeing and co-production with patients, advocating for the best possible care and creating a culture of enjoying work for staff. Welcome, Navina. Thank you, Mike. It's great to be here. Very excited. Thank you. Your host today, your host today is Tara Hickey, Programme Support Officer with TPM and she looks after the School of Emergency Medicine for the Yorkshire and Humber region at Health Education England. Tara is also an NHS Project Futures champion and she's contributed towards the building of a social media strategy for the project profession. Welcome Tara. Thank you Mike for that fantastic introduction um, and thank you Navina for joining us. It's it's really a meet your hero moment for me. <clears throat> I'm thrilled to be having the opportunity to ask these questions. Thank you, Tara. Okay, so um, as children, some people dream of travelling to the moon, for example. So they dedicate their efforts towards becoming an astronaut. Did you always know the direction you wanted to go in and have you landed where you expected? What a lovely question to start with, Tara. Um, So when I was little, um, all I knew was my parents um, put a lot of um, uh, importance on education. Uh, especially girls education because I come from a kind of background where in the 60s it wasn't such a thing to be uh, you know it wasn't so strong as it is now Um, so that was how things started so having a good education uh, having uh, uh, the ability to be independent was something that was really important to my parents and for me um, and then, of course, you know, I'm, I come from an Asian family background where, you know, got to have a doctor in the family kind of thing. Right. <laughs> so so, uh, so it was kind of like, oh, why don't you want to be a doctor? And so that's how it kind of just happened uh, for me. Uh, and so, yeah, so that's how I got into medicine. And it was really enjoyable. I, I love the work. I love the course. Um, I've had the most fulfilling career. Awesome. Okay, so who was your inspiration or role model for your career? Has it been one person or many? Oh, that's a lovely question. It's been many people. Um, so over the years, right from the time when I was in school, uh, right, in fact, till now, uh, people, I, I look at people who inspire me. Uh, and I think rather than naming people, I think there are certain qualities that I really uh, look up to. Um, and that is that is people who have the ability to be really true to themselves and to connect with others, uh, a degree of humility, um, kindness, and also people who I think are quite good fun and it comes through. They're jolly and they're joyous people um, and they bring hope. That's really important to me. 
they're lovely values. Okay, in the time you've been with HEE, you have shaped the culture of the organisation. Um, on the management development programme, I watched an interview where you talked about having altruistic principles. Can you expand on this and share how these have guided you whilst working in such a demanding working environment? Yes, um, thank you, uh, Tara. I think uh, this is something I have in common with everybody who works in health and care, uh, regardless of whether you're at the kind of point of care, you know, face patient facing, or those of us in an arm's length body like HEE, you don't come into this job if you're not interested in people and in making things better for people. Um, so I think that's the first thing to say about how, how important it is. Um, the second thing to say is that, you know, again, going back to my family background, um, I was kind of raised to think that, you know, don't, you're, you are successful because you're really lucky. Talking about myself, you know, if you did well in school, if you came top at things, if you passed your exams, if you got a good job, if you earn money, all the things that I'm very lucky to have, there are hundreds of people who could have who could have if they've had the opportunity that you've had. Um, and so from that point of view, it's really important to make sure that you use your influence. Uh, I use my influence to make sure that that can be possible for others, which I think links in with the Project Futures um, ethos as well. Oh, so yeah, so that's why um, I think that whole notion of kind of caring about altruism or being good for others and it's topical right now you know getting vaccines getting boosters uh staying safe wearing a mask it's not just about yourself it's about protecting others as well um and it brings out the best in people i i think it's a great great uh thing to re to remind ourselves definitely um i have a friend who i can count on when i doubt myself who picks me up and pushes me back into the ring i'm curious to know do you have your own personal cheerleader i certainly do is my husband oh he's he really is uh and um he's he's very balanced uh he also tells me when he thinks you know mm, i don't think even like mm, i'm not sure you should wear that uh, <laughs> which is uh, quite quite helpful uh, to have that. Yeah, no, it's definitely Richard. Oh, that's good. Okay, so uh, a more easy question now. If you were stranded on a desert island, would you have a favourite book to help you endure the challenges ahead? Oh, um, oh, you know, you caught me there because I love reading. Um, <laughs> and um, what would be my favourite book? I think I'd want a big compilation of like a, um, a collection of Charles Dickens novels. Ah, oh, very good. They, yeah, they'll just keep you, and you can reread them over and over again. They're wonderful stories. Do you have those? I do. I really like. Uh, uh, yeah, I really love his writing, and it's funny, and it's sad, and it's you know talks about social justice. It's about relationships. It's yeah. it's amazing. He's amazing. Okay, so if you could pass down your wisdom to women who wish to follow in your footsteps and are aspiring to be a great leader, what single gem would you start with? So um, for women, I think um, we need to be ourselves. Uh, absolutely be ourselves. I think it's quite hard and it can feel a bit, uh, we can feel a bit nervous about that. So that's the first thing. The second thing is uh, we need to support each other. We are a kind of sisterhood. And we absolutely need to support each other, especially when we have that imposter syndrome moments. 
um, we need to support each other. And then the third thing I think uh, is actually this is a this is not for women. This is for men, our allies. Remember, you are our allies, and uh, you need to speak up on our behalf. Oh, that's lovely. Well, that is all the questions I had in my head to start with. I did have one more question. Yeah. Um, I read an article recently that on one of your blogs about the um, you said it was the single most exciting development during your career uh, and that was um, the agenda for population health. Yeah. Um, could you talk to me a little bit more about um, how, how I that was so exciting? Yeah, so um, Tara, I, I, so I'm, a, I'm a psychiatrist um, and um, I have worked with in, in, in kind of whole range of communities, uh, very vibrant, very rich with so many different characteristics. And when you, um, and different cultures and, you know, some very wealthy communities, some really quite deprived communities. And um, what, you, what you realize in that role, what I realize anyway, is that actually my, I, my, what I could offer and what I brought as a doctor or a psychiatrist was meaningless in the, if, if I did, it wasn't in the context of everything else coming together as well. You know, and, and so you, know, you, could, you could be having good, good therapy sessions or the medication and things like that. But if somebody lives in a terrible situation where, and they don't have food or they can't get a job, um, you know, or they're being um, abused, or there's racism in their in their block of flats against them. Whatever I did made no difference whatsoever, really, very little difference. And so I learned very quickly that, um, and in mental health we do this. You have to think about the whole aspect of people's uh, lives, and actually improving quality of life was the most important thing not so of course, and and if you make someone's symptoms better um that wasn't enough it was you had to actually think about their quality of life and so for population health when people started to talk about social determinants of health and that that in health care health care or in the nhs we can't just be very blinkered about this is my job i'm only going to do this bit in my clinic and then i can say oh it's because of social services or it's about it's because of education or it's a, it's because of the government or whatever. It's not good enough. Um, and I think through the last year and a half during the pandemic, um, when it became so obvious, uh, the stark difference of people's experience of their lives, um, you know, who had who lost their jobs, who got, were most at risk of infections, who had to travel on the tube? Who had to work in, you know, hospitality where you would, you were more at risk? People like me, who can work at home, uh, sitting in front of a computer? Is people like me? Some people don't have that choice. So all of those things started to, and I think, really has made us realize and think that we've got to do, we've got to approach this very differently. So I think the next few years, as we um, really think about recovery, the reset. Um, it's a real opportunity for us to do something very different. And if we don't, that would be a real shame. 
Um, so for us in HEE, you know, we're developing the strategic framework for future workforce planning um, and thinking about, you know, what should what should health and care look like in 15 years time? What will people want and need and what's right? Then you you work backwards from that. What should services look like? Not just NHS services, but all the services that are there to support people. And then you work backwards from that. So what kind of workforce would you need to in order to do that? And then we in HEE then can plan right now for the kind of education and training for that particular workforce, which is going to be ready in 5, 10, 15 years time. So you, you can see what I mean to be okay, part yeah. of that. It's so exciting. Okay. In relation to uh, the work that um, is being done by NHS Project Futures, um, I have a, a kind of coaching question. So um, as a member of HEE, I'm aware that we all have access to sign up to receive or deliver coaching. Um, can you tell us what kind of coaching or mentoring um, have you experienced on your journey and have you paid it forward as you've climbed the ranks? Um, so what I've done, what I've had in both informal and formal mentoring and coaching, um, and I think probably most people have that experience as well. Some of it comes through your supervisors, right? When you're a, you're a trainee, uh, but also your, your line managers. I think it's a really important part of a line manager's role. And I'm not sure we all do that consistently. Uh, the mentoring and mentoring and coaching is, is different. Um, and, you know, so it's important to remember which which bit you are when you're doing that. Um, it's I think it's really critical and probably the most important aspect of uh, both roles is not getting too comfortable, is kind of going into those spaces where you are forced to confront something that's difficult and work it out and think about what power you have to change things because I think far too often when we're in a difficult situation it's everybody else's issue or fault or you know if only they would be different this problem would be solved if only that part of the system was better this problem would be solved if only you know so and so and so and so which is probably true but I think we need to be more um, so what can I do yeah. to change that not they've got to change and until they change it's all just going to be terrible so for me that bit of the of coaching is about what power do i have to do even little things uh, that make a difference um i think mentoring is 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 uh, also really important because people can um share with you uh, ways in which you know you can you can address something or 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 think about your your own personal development and your future um, so at the moment, I I try and be I try and support as many people as I can. I do get a lot of um, a lot of uh, people contacting me and asking. Unfortunately, I'd love to do loads of it, but because of my uh, my diary commitments, it's quite difficult. And what I hate most is if I'm not if I'm not available or if I cancel. That's really horrible. So um, so I I just you know one of the things I can do is point people to others who could maybe support them. Uh, the final thing I say is that don't always look for people like you. If you want in a in a mentor 
sometimes it's quite good to look for people who are very different from you. So some of the most effective mentors I've had have been white, middle class, middle aged men in power. Um, couldn't be furthest away from me <laughs> that you could imagine. Uh, and yet they have been the ones that have kind of made me look at things from a slightly diff more different perspective. Uh, and I'd like to think that I also maybe was able to give them some food for thought. I'm sure you did. Thanks. Navina, it's been inspiring listening to all your answers. Oh, and thank you so good. much. Uh, Mike? Thanks, Tara. Thanks, Navina. That was um, absolutely brilliant. And I'm sure there's an, people listening to this today will really connect with what you've described, Navina. And they were fantastic questions, Tara. Thank you. I think you've, you've, there's, a, there's, a, there's a natural talent there for questions. So I think we'll uh, perhaps revisit some of those again at a later date. So thanks very much. And, and, and hope, we hope you've enjoyed listening to this month's NHS Project Futures podcast. Um, please share the link with colleagues and, and within your network. Um, so it uh, broadens that message out. Thanks for listening. Take care.